And we are all set. Good morning, everyone. What a bright, I love this day of the week. It's so impactful. We've got so much to chat about. We've got an awesome guest today, but good morning, everyone. It is Wealth Wellness Wednesday. You know what that means. It's having a healthy relationship with money, mindset, and giving. We'll chat about that towards the end, but this is Carol Sue, aka Naughty Boss, live with two sisters. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the first Wealth Wellness Wednesday of 2022, and our first amazing guest, Mary Jenkins. We're so excited to have you on today. Welcome to the Two Sisters family. I'm just going to give a little intro, and then we're just going to kind of dive right on into it. You know, when Mary and I had the opportunity <coughs> to meet a couple months ago, I really was, um, there was such a soul presence with her. She's not only a veteran who has served our country, and by the way, we thank you for your service to our country. She is an author, speaker, and a two-time breast cancer survivor. And obviously, if you are watching this, you can see that her background says the cocares.org. So without further ado, welcome, Mary, and tell us a little bit, give us your intro and what is actually, I know what it is, what COC cares. Tell us a little more. Well, first of all, I say that happy new year to you and everyone. Um, I am so excited to be here with you um, being the first Wednesday of the new year because a whole lot happens. When you start your new year right, you set the pace for everything else. So I'm excited to be with you this morning. And as far as the COC cares, that is um, our website because the COC cares. And what that means, so let me make sure I start at the right spot. The COC, who is the COC? The COC is a cancer organization that I founded while I was in treatment for stage three, almost stage four breast cancer. And that was back in 2006. Um, I was going through treatment and my employer decided to let me go so that I could focus on recovering because I was trying to do like most people do, try to work through the pain and work through the sickness and work through it. And I was going to work and I was being sick. And when they found me on the floor, curled up in the bathroom, they knew it was like, we've got to do something. And so they let me go so that I wouldn't have to get up early in the morning and try to come to work, which was great. However, that also meant that I wasn't going to get a paycheck. And it didn't all come together until it, I ran out of my savings and it was time still to pay bills. And it was like, okay, I need help. And where do I turn to? Um, because in the world of cancer, you know, we think you can turn to certain places for help. And for me, I figure since it's breast cancer, I'll go to the breast people, which is the Coleman Foundation. I'm like, they do breasts. I got breasts. We can breast breast together. Um, <laughs> and what I found was that they don't use the millions of dollars that they raise to help people in the way in which I need it. And that started me on a journey. They referred me to the American Cancer Society and I just started looking for help and I couldn't find what I needed. And so I don't know how that just happened. That's all right, no worries. Okay, no worries. <laughs> so I ended up turning to my church and my, um, my church stepped in and they offered to pay my bills for the rest of the time that I was in treatment, which was an absolute blessing for me but I also thought, what about all the other people that are battling breast cancer that need help? What about them? Who's gonna help them? 
someone needed to tell people where money went and where money doesn't go. And somebody needed to be the voice for the people, somebody. And of course my pastor was like, mm-hmm, somebody. And I was like, right, somebody. And he said, right, Mary, somebody. And then it, then it clicked. I was like, not me, you know, cause I don't like to speak in front of people and I'm, you know, I'm shy. And, and <laughs> he's like, yeah, right. Shy? And, I don't know about that one. No one believes it. And so that began my journey. I started telling people where money did and didn't go. And people were like, I had no idea. And so I started this organization and originally it was named Christians Overcoming Cancer because I'm a Christian and my church, they're Christians. And so we were Christians overcoming cancer. Um, we rebranded the name because people thought they had to be a Christian in order to get our services. And I was like, no, no, we help saints, ain'ts, and others. We don't care. We don't discriminate at all. And so we rebranded to the Cancer Option Collaborative. So we're still COC, but it's Cancer Option Collaborative. And then the word CARES, it's an acronym, the word CARE. It's Creating Amazing Recovery Experiences. Wow. Yes. And so that is what the COC CARES is. And what we've been do, able to do is provide emotional support and financial assistance to active treatment cancer patients just to help them prevent being evicted from their homes or getting their car repossessed. Um, if, you know, child care, utilities getting disconnected, just whatever it is, you know, while they're going through treatment, say the refrigerator breaks down um, and they need something. We're, we're just that, we're those, we're that ones that say, Tell us what it is that you need. We'll raise the money to help you. And we go from there. That is amazing. Now, have you um, since gone back to um, the American Cancer Society for assistance in any way? And, and what has been their reception? No. Well, they love us. So all of the, the well-known cancer organizations, they just love us because they, they have acknowledged that we are the missing link. And so they refer to us all the time. We get referrals from the American Cancer Society. We even get them from St. Jude, from Make-A-Wish Foundation, from um, Cancer Centers of America, from insurance companies, from you know, MD Anderson, all of the well-knowns because they, all everybody agrees that when a person is battling cancer and they have to take time off from work, that is a stress. And that stress can affect the trajectory of a person's treatment. And so- they all agree. They're like, you, you guys are the ones. They won't give us any money. Um, well, that was my, my next question. And, you know, and that's a travesty to the, to the whole connecting the dots of every piece of when you're going through that process. And I would keep pressing them. You know, I would say, look at, you know, they're, you know, they're making, they make quite a bit of money. Uh, it is a business, you know, and, and that's the sad part about the disease. There is a business link to it. And we're, you're providing that missing link. You would think that one of them would say, you know what, you know, th this this organization is doing the works of our missing link because we're not providing it and shame on us for not connecting that dot ourselves. But let's support let's support this industry by a donation. I would be I would be I would be on the phone every day and email. Let me tell you, you know, I've had the conversation because I remember when, I remember when I got the phone call. Um, from one of the social workers with St. Jude. And I was like, y'all are St. Jude? What? You St. Right. Jude? How do you even know who we are? Right. And they were, say they were saying that for them, and St. Jude is a great, 
great hospital. Yes. Not get me wrong. It is wonderful. Yeah. It provides no cost treatment to right. you know, children with life threatening diseases. And so they were, they came to a revelation that their families were coming from out of town and they were being serviced by the hospital. And oftentimes they stayed at the Ronald McDonald house at no expense, which is also great. But right. then they realized that once treatment was over, if the families didn't have help paying their bills at home while they were going through treatment, then that was more of a problem. And so they were reaching out, trying to find an organization that they could partner with to provide services to their families. And they found us. And I was like, okay, great. This is wonderful. You know, you guys are St. Jude. We can work together. Um, will you help us fundraise? And that's when, the, you know, they, no, they weren't. And the reason, because the money that they raise funds the hospital. And so, and I understand that, just like the money that the Coleman Foundation raises funds the mission of the Coleman. The, the American Cancer Society funds the mission of the American Cancer Society. Needy Meds, they fund their own individual missions. And I understand that. And I'm like, there's millions and millions of dollars going around. I am now, sure. what about their contributors? I mean, not, necess not necessarily from them, because you're right. They are supporting those services for those families and their, and their own hospital. But they look out to their uh, financial investors, let's say, for, for lack of better terms, because that's exactly what it is. And couldn't they say, look, we've decided that we're going to partner with the missing link. But, you know, while you're so you know, gracious and, and, and support us, we're asking you to support them. Hmm. In, in a perfect There's world. There's always a way. There is always right. a way. Right. In a perfect world, right. <laughs> that would be the thing that they would do. It would be, you know, they'd be like, let's help this other organization. You know, but the unfortunate part of it is that um, most nonprofits don't like to work together um, because they, that you is know, true. It, there, there's, a, there's a finite amount of money that's available and, you know, everyone's trying to get theirs. And I'm like, you know, hey, all we can do, because see for us, we're, we're donation funded. So we don't even, we don't have grant dollars. We don't have right. the big sponsors. We literally are funded because people are like, we want to help people. And so right. we're going to go ahead. Because just in December, there was a gentleman that um, he said what he wanted to do. He knew we were fundraising in the month of December. And so he said, I will match donations up to $10,000. And so I was like, oh, wow. Well, now we, I'm, we, I'm, done, I'm fundraising. And so the last week of December, so many people came through and they done it. So we were able to raise $10,000 and then we got the match. Matched it. Well, how awesome is that? And, you know, and especially hearing that kind of message on Wealth Wellness Wednesday, I mean, it really is about putting it out in the universe, putting it out to normal everyday people. And cancer, I don't know one person that cancer has not impacted their family one way, shape or another, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member, uh, you know, a distant relative, you know, a, a business associate, it does impact so many people. And the fact that you are seeing the missing link uh, is amazing uh, beyond measure because that is the common denominator for a lot of people. They are so grateful and thankful for, you know, the hospitals in uh, different organizations helping them. But you're right that, you know, still got to pay my bills, you know, electricity still on, you know, we're in the dead, wet, dead, uh, dead middle of almost winter, got to pay the oil bill. Yeah. Uh, never mind the, you know, the cost of, you know, if they're from out of state flying back and forth. Um, and not every, you know, St. Jude is great that way, but not every organization does help 
assisting uh, that patient's family with, um, you know, staying at a hotel and or, you know, somewhere where it, in, you know, definitely decreased the cost of, you know, what they're dealing with. So amazing, amazing. So a little sidebar, tell us a little bit about, you know, where you were, you know, what place of service that you were, a branch that you were in, a little bit of background. I know oh, you're so, a veteran, so I just wanted to uh, get yes, a little I'm, bit of that I'm a veteran. There. So I'm, I'm a veteran and I'm also a surviving spouse. So I was actually uh, in the army and I got married and my husband was in the army and we were married for two months and 29 days. And then unfortunately he passed away on active duty. So I am a, um, I'm not only a veteran, I'm a surviving spouse. So by the time I was you know, 20, I had been, you know, had children, had been married, had become a widow. And it was like, I have done more than most people in their entire lives. So I have three wow. sons. Um, Edwin, Joseph, and Jerry that we call BJ. And then my oldest son is married to Candace. And we, um, they have a son named Jude, who is my son, grandson, Shine. And I love this. Wow. <laughs> wow. What, what, what a journey. Uh, you know, first off, thank you for your service and your sacrifice. You know, I think that's also a missing link that, you know, when you talk about a veteran and or Gold Stars families where they're, they're, you know, not that the family's forgotten, but a lot of people forget that, you know, that, that their loved one paid the ultimate sacrifice, but so didn't the family. Um, because with that decision to serve and impact and, uh, you know, be the forefront uh, of our country and, and our safety and, and, and all that that encompasses it, the family sacrifices, they sacrifice uh, the dailies, they sacrifice the holidays, they sacrifice, um, you know, the basic dinner meal at home around the table. Um, so where you actually encompass both and uh, that you are still uh, picking up the pieces and finding an emphasis, even in your own health and wellness journey that you, it brought you probably to a, maybe a, a journey that you weren't quite sure you were taking. Uh, really what got me that. was when the Veterans Administration referred someone to us. I was like, wow. you're the Veterans Administration. Why are you why, why are you sending people to us? Because you're the Veterans Administration. But, you know, veterans that battle cancer, you know, yeah, you know, many veterans have retirement income or they're working and they get treated at the, vet, at the VA hospital and things of that nature. But still, when they battle cancer and they have needs, and so the Veterans Administration found us, and I was like, well, I consider it an honor because um, not only am I a veteran and a surviving spouse, but then it's an opportunity to be, for me to help others that have served as well. So. What do you think, like, Jan, is that, like, impactful? Whoa. What was that? I know, and, and that's why, you know, when we met, I, there was that instant there was that instant connection that that energy flow and you know this story had to be told in such a way but she mary you created that like that was your calling card and when you were speaking about having that conversation with your pastor and him saying to you yep they need someone and your maybe that conversation going back and forth a little bit and then it clicked for you like I'm getting the chills thinking about that because really, I, in my opinion, that's kind of divine intervention. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. I have thought many times, how come no one thought of this before me? And there haven't really been anyone, like there are other places now that will provide some um, financial assistance, but 
for us, what separates us from all the other ones is we want to know what it is that the person needs. So we don't say we can help with housing up to $500 because if the person's mortgage is $975, they need $975. $500 isn't going to solve the problem. And so that's what separates us from all the others. So one of the great things that we're able to do is we pay attention to find out what else is out there and then connect the person with what else is out there. And then if there's still a need, we're stepping in because we want to, we want to relieve the stress, relieve the burden. And so that the person can really focus on their recovery, going through treatment. And then, you know, as they finish treatment, then we want them to be well too. So Right. And I can only imagine, like you, you pointed out, you know, j- just as something as simple as, you know, a refrigerator breaking down or an oven pooping out on you and, you know, whatever it may be, uh, connecting them with that electrician or whatever. Hey, take a look at it. Can it be fixed? We'll pay for the parts. Oh, it can't be. We'll replace it. You know, right. so you're, you know, ju- and a lot of people take for granted the research that goes into something as so simple as getting an electrician. Let me tell you, especially where our, our world is at today, uh, trying to find somebody to come in to do that, like those odd jobs is extremely difficult. Um, there are some people that have resorted to that type of work because, you know, maybe, you know, they're not at the brick and mortar anymore for, for multiple reasons, or now they're an entrepreneur and they're working out of home, but they still want some side gig money coming in. And that's one of their specialties, but it's still difficult. And so imagine- Let me tell you, let me tell you. I have had the privilege of meeting so many people from across the country that are like, listen, Mary, if you need a car, if you need a mechanic in, in Texas, I'm your person. If you needed this in California, I'm your person. So we have so many people that have said, if you need something. So we pay attention, like we've got, we've got people. I remember, cause we actually had a lady who her refrigerator went out. Right. And it was like, okay. And they got referred to us. We're like, okay, well we get to, you know, and I was like, we're just going to buy a refrigerator. But then I found out that one of my friends worked for Whirlpool. And so I explained the situation and that he contacted the powers that be at Whirlpool and they donated the refrigerator for them. And right. so you're like, that's the power of, you know, the, 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 really the domino trickle effect of when you start sharing the needs of others, and, and knowing that, you know, humanity still exists. People do want to help other, other human beings in their time of need. And you've really found uh, that niche that really needed to be uh, tapped into uh, with a calling that, you know, for, for sure was divine intervention for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'd like to get back to your, your cancer journey because, that's, I feel, the very foundation of how all of this came about for you. Um, I know that you're a two-time cancer survivor, breast cancer survivor. Yes. Um, <laughs> so going through the first round of treatments and getting to a place where you could felt like perhaps you could continue your life, but then with the realization at some point knowing that you um, were diagnosed with that again. Can you tell us a little bit about that story? I can't well, even imagine. There's a, there's a space in between there that um, I don't talk about a whole lot, um, but we can talk about it. So I got diagnosed the first time in 2006. Um, I had my right breast removed in September 
of uh, or September 7th of 2006. I chose to not have reconstruction because I was working on building the organization. And I was like, it's okay. You know, don't nobody need to worry about it. I'll wear a prosthetic. Um, so I was doing that for a while, building the organization. Then in 2012, I decided to have reconstruction surgery. In having reconstruction surgery, because just listening to what was, op, op, was available, um, I was gonna get a, a, a tram flat with a tummy tuck. And I was like, so you mean I can have a flat stomach? I mean, that, that, that's where I was. I was like, okay, so I'll get another breast. I'll get my breast back and a flat stomach. Let's do it. Well, unfortunately, um, the, the procedure didn't go the way that we planned. Um, and I ended up having to have a second emergency surgery. Then I was put in intensive care for a week. And then I was sent to a nursing home um, where the tissue unfortunately died on me and almost killed me. So I had to have a third emergency surgery that left a hole in my chest. Um, and then we found out that um, there were some things that, well, it's public record. Um, there are some things that happened that the doctor should have done that the doctor didn't do. And as a result, it almost took my life. Um, I had to file a lawsuit. And so that went on. So I'm still running an organization doing these things. And I was like, I'm not ever going to have Rickshaw. I will just be, I'll have one breast. And I used to tell people, it doesn't matter if you have one breast or two breasts, as long as you've got God on your side, you will be okay. So then in 2015, so three years later, I got diagnosed a second time. And when that happened, it was like, okay, all right. So now I've been dying. And really, and it's crazy the way that it happened because a lady had called for um, assistance. She had been in remission for nine years and the cancer had came back. And so she was calling because she was going to need assistance. And she was just upset that, you know, there's money for everything else, but there's not money to help. And she couldn't understand. And, you know, so she was just, just going off. And when she paused, I said, well, ma'am, you know, it, it's okay. We don't, we don't care how many times you've battled cancer. We just care that you have a need and you're in active treatment. She was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. So we started having a different type of conversation because I was like, wait a minute, because I'm a preacher and we can talk about faith and all that great stuff. And so then the woman asks me, so how many times have you battled cancer? And I said, just once. And she said, so you don't know what it's like to have battled cancer and gone into remission and then come back. You don't, you don't know what it's like to still trust God. And I was like, I, I don't. And she was like, okay, well, God bless you. And I said, well, thank you. And then she hung up the phone. And so I was like, man, God, really? How am I really supposed to minister to people that have battled cancer more than once if I don't know what it's like? And yeah, they say, be careful what you ask for. Seven days later, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer on the other side, completely different strain. It wasn't like it was metastatic, it was completely different. Um, and so I went through it a second time and then I was like, oh my God, I get to trust God again. Now people are gonna really think I'm crazy. Uh, and so I did. So I had, my, um, I had my left breast removed. My plan was to have a port put in my chest, stay in the hospital overnight, get out, relax, go, on go to Dallas, Texas for a meeting that I had, then come back the following Monday and start chemo and then have my breast removed. That was my plan. My doctors were like, no, no, you cannot. Mary, we need you to stop and take care of you. Right. He's, you know, nobody else is going to get the services of the organization if you're not here. 
So we need you to stop to take care of you. And that was really when the light started clicking that, you know, I was burning the candle. Now they say at both ends. And I had also decided in the middle and turned it over and burned it on that side also. And so I ended up doing um, eight months of chemo in three and a half months and almost killed myself. Caused me to have heart failure. So I technically have heart failure still to this day. Um, and, you know, I went for an entire year, I had to go to the heart failure clinic and they were like, can you stop long enough for us to take care of you? Cause I would bring my laptop and I was still working. Cause I was like, cancer doesn't care that I have heart failure. I'm good. I'm good. And so really it, it literally, I had to have a breakdown in order to re, to be built back up. And so now I make it a point. So the fact that this is wellness Wednesday, I make it a point to take care of me making certain that I eat better, except for this morning, um, <laughs> and that I exercise and, you know, make sure I drink water. And I'm just really, really mindful because, you know, not only I have a grandson, I have my kids, I have my friends, I've got the organization. I have a lot. I've got my book. I've got, I got so much stuff that I have going on and I don't need to be doing so much stuff that I forget about me and I get lost in the process. And then you get a message that I passed away. Right. And, you know, and I, I think through through all this journey, which is, you know, our, our, you have a lot of things that you want to accomplish that you don't want in the graveyard just yet. And you want to make sure you accomplish all them. And it's so true. And I think that's part of when you are dealing with a type of industry, business, uh, passion to help other people it is okay to take that moment to slow down and say, you know what, uh, no one maybe can duplicate my efforts. I need to teach somebody else kind of the ropes as well. But at the same time, I'm no good to anybody if I don't recognize and practice what I preach about health, wellness, mindset, um, you know, having that positivity when you're going through chemo and everything that stirs up within that person's emotional, you know, mindset. If I'm telling people to do this and I'm not doing it, you know, I've got to be a product of the product and, you know, you're doing that uh, tenfold, maybe more than that. And at some point you do have to say, you know what, it's okay. God's telling me he's giving me friendly reminders. I've ignored them to the point where I couldn't, where it slapped me in the face. I want to, I want to make sure that I'm still doing his work uh, as healthy as I can be. Therefore, I need to back off a little bit here and there. Still doesn't mean you're not taking the reins, but you know, taking the reins on your own health and wellness and mindset is when you're battling what you're battling is you have to be on point with it. And the only way you're on point with it is to give yourself a break. And now how about, I heard you mentioned book. So we want to get into that a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so I wrote a book. It's titled Destined to Overcome. And really... I didn't even realize I was writing the book. It's a, it's a daily devotional. Um, I had a friend that was battling cancer and, you know, he wanted some, some support in, in the area of faith. And so I was like, well, you know, I will, you know, search the scriptures and I will give you what I get and, you know, we'll go from there. And so I created this book and actually, where is it? <laughs> let's see. Can we see it? Can we see it? How do we see it? How do we see it? Oh, it's, it's going in and out, but we'll make sure going that we, in and uh, out. Well, well, there it is right there. Now you can see it. First of all, the cover looks beautiful. Love it. Thank you. Thank you. So it's, we'll, we'll make sure we put a picture of it with the link and all that, that good information. Perfect. 
So it's destined to overcome and each day there's a declaration. And so like today is the, today is the 5th of January. So it would be day five. And for day five, it says, what prayers are you praying? And there's scripture that says, if any is afflicted among you, let him pray. Is Mary, let him sing songs. Let him sing among you. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray. So it's like, what prayers are you praying? And so the, right. the writing assignment for the day is to write out what prayers you're praying. Wow. And that's just for today because I believe everyone is destined to overcome. They just need some guidance. Absolutely. I, I love that. And, you know, I want to say too, thank you so much for sharing your vulnerability, which got you to this point. Um, because there is power in the story behind the story. And I am so incredibly um, overjoyed to have you on today. And I want to talk more about your book because um, I didn't real. I, I think you had mentioned it and, and maybe I have forgotten about the book, but you know, creating that devotional, and you had also mentioned that you, you minister. Um, do you have an online ministry? Um, you tell us a little bit more about that. So in ministry, I've been in ministry for 30 years, um, and I am an evangelist, which means I get to speak life into people, um, and, which is what I pretty much do. Uh, and so I'm always encouraging people to, you know, whoever, whoever they call God, I mean, I know I believe that Jesus died on the cross, but I also don't judge if someone believes in, you know, in Muhammad or Buddha. I, I do not judge in any way, shape or form because the principles are the same. And so I, I'm not a pastor, um, but I do a lot of ministering while I'm out. Uh, and the beautiful thing is I meet a lot of people and a lot of people love to share with me their personal stories. So they'll share with me their story of them battling cancer or having a family member battling cancer. And when I listen to them, sometimes I hear their pain. And when that happens, then I know it's an opportunity for me to pray for them and pray with them and give them a word of encouragement. Uh, and so that's, it happens all the time. So it's not, my ministry is not traditional, um, but I, you know, I, I don't have where I'm online, you know, every day or once a week or anything like that. It's just when I come in contact with people, it is my desire that when people see me, they see Christ in me. They know that they have had an experience. It's not about me. I'm going to love people unconditionally. I, we, I, the, I love you. Unless you give me a reason to not love you, which is very, very hard, um, because I'm going to love you. Because I truly want you to have an experience having encountered me. That's how I do, I'm, my, that's how ministry is for me. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. And how would, obviously we have your, um, the information about cocares.org up on um, your screen there. And obviously we'll make sure we'll put that in the show notes. But if some, do you have a Facebook page or anything like that where, you know, if people wanted to go and, you know. Check oh, off? yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> so um, we have the, the we have the COC formerly Christians Overcoming Cancer page. Then we have the COC Outreach page, and we have the COC Collaborative page. And then of course I have my Mary Jenkins page, which is really really me. Um, and then we you know we have the website and we have destinedtoovercome.com. Yeah, destinedtoovercome.com. 
And, you know, people can reach out. I tell people, send me an email, you know, mary at the cocares.org. They can text me at 614-805-1253. I don't have a problem. I am, I'm not the type of CEO that is just so off that I, you know, you can't talk to me. You got to go through 10 different people and then you get my secretary. And um, I, I never want to be that person. I want to be the up close and personal person where the individual says, you know what? I have a thousand dollars and I could give to this organization where I don't know anybody or I actually got to hug that lady. Right. And I think that's, you know, you know, a testimony to, you know, your not only your dedication, but, you know, knowing that the bottom line, everything that you've gone through, your journey, the twists, the turns, the renavigation, the renegotiation of where you're at in your life. Um, ultimately, I think part of that piece is what, you know, what Jan and I always talk about with our clients and our customers and our viewers and listeners is, you know, we're never in control. And that's a really hard thing to let go of that, that you're not in control. But there are two things that we are in control is how we act and how we react. Those things were, are within our control. And I think that you're, you're living proof of that, that you, you know, were hit with some, some really heavy punches, you know, both personally, professionally, uh, spiritually. And yet uh, you, you know, kind of took the, took the, uh, boxing gloves and punch right back through that brick wall and said, no, you know, I, I, I've, I've got more to give. And now I've got that direction. And sometimes I need a little push in the direction and maybe, you know, speaking with your clergyman was just that little nudge without you really knowing he was giving you the nudge, whatever it was, divine inter intervention, uh, you are a true testimony to not only uh, serving our country, uh, impacting people in such a positive way, uh, where for them, positivity, light, hope, you know, may seem a little dim at times for their own journeys, but you're adding that lightness and brightness and hope to them. So we so appreciate having you on. And uh, I'm just thinking you're going to be a repeat offender on um, two sisters. Oh, without a doubt. Yes, we call them repeat offenders. Um, <laughs> but in a very good way, of course, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I think I think it's so important, especially in this day, day and age, to have the power to choose um, our destiny. And yours, although maybe you didn't know it at the time, was pre-written in such a way. And I get kind of chills thinking about it. Like I, every time that I've had the opportunity to speak with you, whether it's on Zoom or, or via email, um, it just brings me such light and hope to know that there are so many people out there who will, you know, come to your organization and not only enter that fold of divine intervention, but will have that ease of not having to worry. And that brings me such joy without even um, perhaps obviously not knowing that person, but knowing that you're um, your organization, what you have founded is so profound. Um, I think it's just so monumental. And I don't think that I'm really doing it such just the justice that your organization deserves. And oh my gosh. You're going to have me emotional. <laughs> so anybody that knows, ooh, anybody that knows me knows the A, that I'm a big crybaby. <laughs> 
And I'm that way because I genuinely care. I mean, and there are people that I may never meet, may never talk to on the phone. Just, I know that they're battling cancer and that they need somebody. And so I carry the weight of a lot of people. And, you know, people are always concerned about me because they're like, Mary, how are you able to carry so, so, so much? You know, and, and I'm like, it's because of my faith. If I did not have my faith, and you know, when all this began, I was like, I want to have crazy, unusual faith, God. I want the kind of faith that will inspire people. I want to be that person. I had no idea that it would come on the other side of my life being on the line. And so now I'm like, you know, when we talk about as, you know, as I said, I'm a Christian, the scripture, Romans 8, 28, that says all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That means I really believe that. So there's no such thing as bad days. There's not, there's something good that has to happen. I may not see it in the moment, but there's mm. something. And, you know, cause I've got people right now and, and, you know, you, you know, Dennis, and I don't know, Carol, if you know, my brother died on January the 2nd and it was like, oh my God. And he, he had a, he had a heart attack on um, Christmas Eve. And in that short period of time, there's so much good that has happened. Our family has gotten reconnected. You know, I've got to meet this new past people. year. Are we, are we yeah. talking a couple wow. of days ago? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. our condolences. Uh, Thank you. Wow. Thank you. But and people are like, how can you smile or that? And I'm like, because he's no longer in pain. You know, right. he had a relationship with God and I'm happy about that. Now he was far from perfect, but he still had a relationship with God. And so I'm believing that he is now in all eternity and he is doing the thing. And so I'm okay with that. I have comfort in that. And for some people that is hard because they're like, nobody, nobody mourns and grieves like that. And I'm just like, I have, I found comfort in knowing that when he had his heart attack, that whatever God was going to allow to happen was going to happen. Either he was going to be with us or he was going to be with him. And I settled that in my mind and in my heart and in my spirit. And so when he, when he actually passed, it was like, well, all right. Okay. Next, what's the next thing? You know, because New Year's Eve, I was at the hospital for five. We, we were fundraising. I said, the gentleman that offered the 10,000, we were fundraising and we were down to the last wires. And here I am at the hospital for five hours, you know, and I'm like, I, I need to give my, this attention to my brother. And then when I left the hospital, I think I only had maybe two hours left. And I was like, okay, we are like $1,600 away. <laughs> Guess who gets to figure out how to make it happen in two hours? And right. people stepped up from the Midwest and from the West Coast. They was like, it's not midnight where we're at yet, Mary. We got you, girl. Right, right. And it was like all these things. So in the midst of all of that, I got the, the, the inspiration and things that I needed. So we raised the 10,000. We got the match 10,000. And it's like ah, all these things. And I'm like, I can see the good in spite of. And I've met so many people that are amazing in the, just the last 24 hours. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, wow. So will I miss my brother? Yes. But I also celebrate him too. Well, you know, we, we always, we've talked about that for the, really the last, you know, year and a half or so that in the midst of whatever 
you know, hardship, uh, traumatic experience, devastation, a pivot in your journey that you weren't expecting, uh, you know, losing that loved one, um, that there are blessings. Sometimes you got to open your, your heart to it. Sometimes you got to, your heart's open uh, and your eyes are open, but they're really closed. And you got to make sure that they're open because the little blessings are the stepping stones that get you to the bigger blessing, but they're, they're all there. They're out there. You just have to be open to receive them. And it was interesting when you were talking about like, how, you know, how do I keep going? How do, and I said, because you're, you know, your, your spirit is really encompassed in being uh, coupled, you know, with the Lord holding you up. So when, when, you, when your, when your journey gets that heavy feeling and people ask you that, and you can say it with good faith, I'm just, you know, in that faith, it's my faith that's carrying me. It's really the Lord saying, okay, Mary, you, you need a little lift today. I'm, I'm there to, I'm, I'm there to, cause your work is not done. And I think that's, what's inspirational is that, you know, in your heart that I keep going cause my work's not done. The Lord sees more in me. I've got more to give, even though for some, it may seem crazy. Uh, that's the beauty of faith. You know, we don't, we don't see faith. We see it in the physical being when somebody's taking that action. Uh, but those that have true faith don't, they, they don't need to see, they just do. And that's what you're doing. And we thank you. Yes, we thank you from the bottom of our heart. Yes, you will definitely be on again. Oh my gosh, um, I'm just blown away. And on that note, you know, thank you from the bottom of our heart for being here today and sharing such amazing information about your organization. But more importantly, being with you today in this spot has inspired so many that we don't even know. To me, that is the ripple effect. That is the premise behind Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Mary, thank you so much from the two sisters. And uh, obviously we'll make sure we get all of your information. And on that note, my name is Janice, AKA Wellness Diva 5.0 with yes, kind of a bad hair day. Oh, well. And I am with two sisters, and this is Carol Sue, a.k.a. Naughty Boss, live from a sunny Vera Beach. I'm about to get my Wealth Wellness Wednesday on. Go out, do good. Remember, when you pay it forward, uh, that's, that's the real blessing. While you think you're giving someone the gift, actually, you're getting the better gift because you are the recipient of watching someone else's blessings come to fruitation because you decided to extend that olive branch and help somebody else in need. And that's the whole point of Wealth Wellness Wednesday. Mary, thank you so much. We look forward to having you on again. And I think I would love to do even almost like segments. Let's talk about this piece. Let's talk about the book. Like so much to do. But, you know, if you want more information about everything that Mary is encompassed in her life, in her journey, and uh, all that she uh, helps out with, uh, definitely uh, after you watch this, you'll see some information where you can connect with Mary. But thank you so much. Everyone have a good day. We will see you tomorrow. What is tomorrow? It is trending Thursday. Let's hope that the kindest train of today still trending tomorrow, which I know it will be. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, everyone. Have a great day.